Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and the evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, is believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's goodness in all of us. There's goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is the 19th of January, the, uh, the Martin Luther King weekend. So we have the whole gang here. We've got Craig and Deb. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey. All righty. So uh, we're going to be talking about humility, and we're going to dive into um, – bad me. I've got my – I don't have my notes all John lined 13. up here. Yes, exactly. We have It's uh, John 13, verses 16 – no, 14 through 17. Oh, I think it's John 13, verses 14. It's the washing of the disciples' feet. So yes. tell – Tell folks, Reg, how you got here. Okay. It is, it, it is John 13, verses 14 through 17. And before I get into that, let me uh, engage oh, yes. in prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, and we love you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. It's a bit breezy and chilly, but uh, you still wake us up every week to congregate together and to praise your name. We thank you so much. We love you so much. We thank you for getting us through the week. And we ask that you fill us up with the word of God so that we can propel ourselves through the next week and whatever um, whatever we have to deal with <clears throat> in the coming weeks. We pray that uh, your word will uh, guide us and will help us um, help others, uh, not necessarily guide them, but to give them words of inspiration, of love and compassion to help them get through the week. And we ask that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are, is imbued with the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. So, humility. Um, <clears throat> before we get into the Bible verse, I, I read an article by, uh, let's see, I've got my notes here. A Washington Post article written by Monica Hesse. She wrote uh, two articles, one on Monday uh, on masculinity. Apparently the American Psychiatric Association they write uh, these manuals for psychiatrists and, uh, and psychotherapists uh, for their patients, how to uh, address their patients. And a lot of the patients are women and minorities. And someone had, uh, had posed the question, why isn't there a APA manual on dealing with men? And so they wrote a manual on how to deal with men, and they ran into what they called a problem, an issue, which is male masculinity. Um, what I would call over masculinity, um, manliness, and I'll put an I'll put a uh, a link into the article, and the article got a lot of blowback. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're attacking manhood," and she had to she wrote a follow up article on Friday uh, yesterday, which also coincided with a certain Gillette ad, which many of you listening may have even saw, where Gillette basically has a bunch of boys uh, picking on other boys and other girls or whatever, and a man says, "Hey, that's not how a man should be." And basically correcting this over-ego manliness attitude with a more genteel, more humble 
manhood, and people had faults with it. People even on the liberal side had faults with it because women were not in the commercial at all. They were I get basically props. Um, in a commercial for a product for men. Exactly. Gillette. <laughs> so, but, no, I'm just saying, like, that, women exactly. are props in commercials for products for <laughs> oh, men. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, generally, <laughs> that's another problem. Yeah. <laughs> generally speaking. That's right. I haven't thought about that. Axe body spray, you know. Boys, if you want to get a woman, use our yeah. product. I can't think of any other reason to drink Jägermeister than one reason. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. There was there was an overt amount of backlash for that ad. I was just like, it's a commercial. It's a commercial. Exactly. Welcome to society yeah. and the yeah. way things are. But I think so, people's eyes are opening up and there's a lot more dialogue than hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. So that led you to the word humble. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I said, you know, what does, as I do all the time, I uh, went on Google, Wikipedia. I mean, I go on a search engine. Um, I use the search engine DuckDuckGo and said, hey, what does the Bible say about humility? And it came up with a bunch of Bible verses, but this one spoke to me. This is John 13, verses 14 through 17. And this is Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. So uh, here's what he says. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash another one's feet. I have set you an example. I'm sorry, I got a little pop-up verse here. Uh, popped in. L let me do it again. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master nor is a master greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And there you go. So Jesus is giving us an example on how to lead. You know, he, you know, and basically earlier in the verse, Peter says, why are you doing this? Why are you washing my feet? And um, over breakfast, uh, Deb, you gave us a, a historical um, Yeah, so at this time... Um of our human history, um, people walked a lot of places, especially if you didn't have money for a burrow or even a horse. But um, so you either had boots or sandals. And, and because the general population wasn't that wealthy, m the majority of people had sandals. And so the disciples and Jesus are actually walking, you know, to, to town over many miles and their feet are dusty. So your feet are either dusty or muddy or both, a combination of both, by the time you arrive at wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. And the tradition the, tra the tradition is that um, when you arrive where your host is, they give you something to drink because you're generally parched, and the lowliest servant in the house washes your feet, cleanses your feet. And so I was saying that Jesus um, doing this to the servants was appalling. It was it was to the disciples was appalling to them that he was acting as a servant, that they felt like he was probably, they probably felt like he was degrading himself um, with this submission. And, and their initial reaction was probably that there was humiliation instead of humbleness. Absolutely. And so Jesus is basically telling Peter, listen, you may think of this action as a lowly thing, but I am showing humbleness as an example of how you, the disciples, should show humbleness to the people who you preach to. And Jesus was saying, you know, you can only be cleansed through me, um, the, his parables, and mm -hmm. really meaning you can only find salvation through me. Yeah. 
And people may say, well, what does that have to do with manliness? What does humility have to do with manliness? I would post the argument that one of the problems with some the symptoms of masculinity, which causes a lot of issues, like there wouldn't be a Me Too movement if you didn't have this hyper-masculinity, which leads to sexual harassment in the workplace and stuff like that. Guys like Louis C.K. and R. Kelly and Bill Cosby getting into trouble the way they treat women. Uh, bullies, uh, you you know, one, I, uh, our good friend Susan Evans had made a comment a while back saying if women had had more control, uh, if women were leaders, there wouldn't be so many wars and, and things like that. Mm. <laughs> so we, we had touched on maybe describing the difference between humility and humiliation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and a lot of people uh, will confuse, you know, humiliation with humility. I actually have a um, Wikipedia on humility. What does it say that humility is in your definition there? So, uh, dictionary defines, definitions accentuate humility as a low self-regard and a sense of unworthiness. Hmm. In a religious context, humility can mean a recognition of self in relation to a deity or deities and self-debasement with subsequent submission to said deity as a member of that religion. As it goes on further, humility in various interpretations is widely seen as a virtue which centers on low self-preoccupation or unwillingness to put oneself forward. Mm -hmm. So it is in many ways, in many religions and philosophical traditions. It contrasts with narcissism, hubris, and other forms of pride and is an idealistic and rare intrinsic Mm -hmm. construct that has an extrinsic side. So it's interesting. So the dictionary talks about uh, humility as a sense of unworthiness, but put into a religious context, it's a virtue. A recognition of self. Like right, exactly. I actually didn't get that first definition that you mm-hmm. read out, but I, in addition to the other definitions you had, I, I found a modest opinion of one's own importance or rank. Yep, yep. And then humiliation, in contrast, mm-hmm. even though they're the same base word, is actually an action of reducing someone or making them feel ashamed or or that you've lost respect for them. Yeah, and it sounds like it's something that one does to another person. Like, I can have humility, but if I humiliate you, Craig, then that's something that I'm doing to you, uh, which is a a lack of... a negative aspect. Exactly, a lack of humility on on my part. And there are... uh, So there's aspects of humility in... All forms of religion, not just Christianity. In Judaism, I'm reading that um, as illustrated in the person of Moses who leads the nation of Hebrews out of slavery, um, humility is a sign of godly strength and purpose, not weakness. And I'm reading Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, who states that in Judaism, humility is an appreciation of oneself and one's talent, skills, and virtues. It is not meekness or self-depreciating thought. But the effacing, effacing of oneself to something higher. Yeah, I also kind of think of it as um, submission. Some, sometimes humility, mm-hmm. but you're submitting your ego. I'm but it's sure. not groveling, right? There's, it's not that far. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think in Buddhism too. I mean, the whole idea of <coughs> and the whole ideal mm-hmm. of Reaching um, for something higher spiritually mm-hmm. is working very hard to 
release and let go of one's ego. Yeah. Um, it's the only way you're going to kind of like open yourself up to the spiritual side. I mean, um, I know a lot of people whose lives are really, really complicated, really difficult, mm-hmm. hard to figure out or explain or deal with. Mm-hmm. And I found that at the root of it all is a lack of humility, a kind of just self-absorbed total concentration on their ego Mm -hmm. and whether or not it's getting the things that it needs. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're doing that, you know, uh, yeah, life's complicated. It's difficult to explain or figure out or, mm -hmm. or, or deal with. With your with your own life, or and then of course subsequently with anybody else, it's hard to love your neighbor when you're wrapped up in that kind of junk. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on what Islam has to say about um, humility before we go on. Yeah. In the Quran, various Arabic words conveying the meaning humility are used. The very term Islam can be interpreted as surrender uh, to God, humility, from the triconsonatal root S L M. In other words, used as Tawadu and Kosho. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing so the best sur- I can. Surrender right. to God. Ex- exactly. So it's in the Quran, it's in J- the Jewish Torah, and of course in Christianity, Buddhism. in Buddhism. Yeah, what you're referring to, Craig, is the in the Buddhist text, the Maha Karuna, where they say that humility is one of the ten sacred qualities. Yeah. Transcend your ego. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Possessions. You know? Absolutely. I don't yeah. Know how you? I don't know how you can meditate or do anything else without kind of addressing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole scene on Holy Thursday is Jesus really expressing by humbling himself, really expressing kind of the utmost love. Yeah. For his disciples and for us. Absolutely. And I don't want to suggest that women don't need humility, but as you were saying, you we usually have a breakfast for those who are just listening where we talk about what we're going to talk about. We sort of – it's like a pregame warm-up. And you had mentioned, <laughs> yeah. Deb, that women are, are intrinsically raised to have yeah. humility and to serve. You guys were talking about manliness and macho-ness, and I, as you guys were talking, I was like, yeah, we don't get taught that stuff. We get taught to be subservient and – Right. And, Yeah. Mostly subservient. Yeah, and and you know, and modern, <clears throat> and I would argue modern girls are taught to be to be more upfront, and to be more independent, yeah. and to be more. Um, I don't want to say dominant, but to think of about yourself a little bit more. Yeah, and in the workplace, like I can give you probably thousands of examples in my career, where if I have confidence in my own abilities, people think I have a huge ego. Sure. Or that if I try to steer people in a direction, they think I'm being bitchy. Right, and and I've seen but that as well. If a man well. had done that, right, it's it's, it's, it's no big deal. As a yeah. and, and if you just, you know, were quiet and nurturing and subservient, that would just that would be perfect. That would right? be sure. perfect for everybody. <laughs> you'd you'd right. be quote unquote the good girl. Yeah, and it would and all it would all work out, except maybe for you. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay, and I've seen it. I mean, I can't tell you how many female lawyers. Have to go through that, especially when they're going through arguments, or if they're in a leadership position, you know, especially, you know, leading over a man, you know, being a uh, a boss to a man. And we're told to be manly in the workplace, you know, strong and quiet and dress Mm -hmm. conservatively and right. Like my friend who you were just talking about lawyers, which is why that reminded me. My friend 
Bibi, who is a lawyer, when she goes to court, she'll often dress like in a pink suit, and everyone gets shocked because she should be wearing gray or black or. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can't think of one lawyer who's ever wore a skirt to to uh, to court. Uh, Not that a skirt would you know be bad or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, there are these cliches and there are these tropes of what it is to be a man. And, you know, you, Craig, you and I were talking about how our fathers were raised and how our grandfathers were raised. I mean, I'm black and, you know, you're a white guy and you were raised in Texas. And I'm sure there's a huge toxicity as far as what it is to be a man, you know, driving the Ford F-150 and, you know, and – you know, sort of, you know, the Marlboro Man, you know, <laughs> the commercials well, and that's stuff. Well, that's all, um, that's all I was taught growing up and, and, you know, in my home, even though I, you know, my eyes were kind of opened a little bit, uh, you know, once I, once I left home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that was my toolkit, and that was my father's toolkit. And it meant uh, that, you know, you take it on the chin and uh, <laughs> literally sometimes and yeah. – uh, you're emotionally unavailable. You're mm-hmm. stoic. Um, you uh, you never let anyone push you around. Yeah. Without pushing back. And uh, yeah. And 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 there, you know you're never really given uh, the other skills, or you're, you're assumed that you're given other skills. You know if you know if you're not in a dysfunctional household, skill, other skills meaning some something to balance like. To be nurturing, to be caring, yeah. to be thoughtful mm-hmm. and humble. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's something. Um, uh, it's something. Being humble is something I've had to learn by actually uh, being all definitions of that word. Uh, by being humiliated, by understanding that you know I need to embrace you know humbleness because that's the only thing that's left for me. Sure. Um, you know when when all the other bullshit doesn't work um humbleness is something that i've kind of um, grown to appreciate yeah as far as like an attribute not a sign of weakness i think too often we see that you know or we're taught that it's a sign mm-hmm. of weakness oh, yeah mm-hmm. what are you gonna say Deb? well i was thinking about uh, in addition to what you guys were just talking about manliness and mm-hmm. we talked more about macho-ness and manliness at breakfast yeah is that women as women we kind of put you guys between a rock and a hard place because we, we also have mm-hmm. that social societal construct of manly men, mm-hmm. but we also want you to be emotionally available and, and caring, um, and then but we don't want you to be too emotionally available and caring. Right. We don't, and we don't want you to be too macho. Yeah. So <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is the whole book Iron John that I was telling you about. Either way, I do, I'm, I'm just going to feel needy, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who are listening, Iron John, If you, you should go on uh, Amazon.com and read that book. I mean, and buy the book so you can read it. It talks a lot about this. Yeah. I also wanted to touch a little bit on this article that I sort of sparked my interest. So more than a decade ago, the American Psychological Association released a set of guidelines for treating women and girls, a document that addressed sexual violence and pay inequality, discussed how women disproportionately suffer from eating disorder and anxiety, and advised clinicians with female clients on how to be more sensitive and more effective. The APA has also over the years released guidelines for treating older people, people of racial and ethnic ethnic minorities, and members of the LGBT community. What the largest psychological organization, the APA, has never done was release guidelines for treating men. 
men are already perceived as default, unneeding of individual study. Unless you're in a men's group, you're probably not regularly reflecting on what it is to be male, says Matt Englar Carlson, who directs the Center for Boys and Men at the California State University at Fullerton. You're probably just enacting it. And the article goes on and on. But it's interesting. I mean, men don't need. Well, we don't. You know, when, if you don't we, need if we, that kind of help. If we cry, you know, if we were in pain, we don't talk about it. If we, you know, just get up and, you know, like I was during breakfast time, I remember being a boy thinking life as if it were a football field. You know, you're going to get hit. Suck it up. Take the pain. Don't cry. If you can't do it, somebody else is going to come off the bench and do it for you. And this was reinforced by me, by my dad and by my uncles. And, you know, I have generations of, you know, of just men who could not survive. And you had talked, Deb, you know, during breakfast time, there was a time where you needed to be a man. You know, during the turn of the century, you know, you built your houses. Yeah. Today, our society, we don't necessarily need our male counterparts to build cabins and go hunt food down for winter. Yeah. And protect us from savages. Right. Right. Exactly. But we still, I mean, every television show or every movie still talks about, you know, the good old days or, you know, the I love the action stories. movies. <laughs> Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and blowing things Bruce up. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, you know, Die Hard yeah. or uh, even we uh, Gerard we Butler. About, oh, Gerard Butler. Oh, 300, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's done some sensitive movies since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has. But, but you know, Dirty Harry, you know, um, yeah. if law enforcement can't handle it, I've got a gun, I'll do it my own self. And, you know, the, the, the cop that doesn't follow the rules and he's going to do his own thing, the maverick, that sort of stuff. So, we, we you know, there, there are these tropes that are just pumped into society and boys suck it up and we say, hey, if we're going to get the woman, if we're going to get the job, if we're going to be defined as a man, this is what I need to be. And it's causing issues. Yeah, so, yes, and and I, when we left breakfast, I challenged um, Reg and, <laughs> and Craig to think about who who do you see in society today who is a man who exhibits humility, um, and, and as I was, I asked that because I was thinking humility is one of the, the highest traits of leadership. Um, in in many people's opinion, mm-hmm. and so I was I was wondering who you came up with, <laughs> and and the jury's still out on this. Craig said, "Is this a I, trick I, question?" I, I've got a few, and I even mentioned yeah. I didn't even think about this, but um, I talked about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson oh, yeah. uh, did a podcast. There's a podcast I listened to called the Joe Rogan Experience. And uh, some folks may say, oh, wait a minute, he's conservative. Joe Rogan, he, he has all sorts of folks on his podcast. And one was Mike Tyson. And it's funny, Joe Rogan, who is also a former MMA fighter, and uh, he's a comedian too, so it, he's a very interesting experience. But he was saying, man, Mike, you know, I remember when you fought Marvis Frazier and you were Iron Mike and you just destroyed guys and you were just knocking people out, at, you know, before the round was over. And, and when you took Michael Spinks out and you just, you were just, you know, you just killed him. And Mike was rather embarrassed. He was like, yeah, you know, can, can we not talk about that? You know, let's talk about something else. It's, it's interesting that Mike is at a point now where the things that made him strong and mighty and just, you know, bullying and, and humiliating other fighters. You know, there were fighters who would rather just lay down, you know, okay, I got hit once. Okay, I'm done, you know. Um, 
but he, he he wants to push away from that. He told us he doesn't even want his kids to fight. You know, he wants to live a modest, decent, humble life. Mm. And he, you know, I think he does like one man shows and he, um, I think he has like a medical marijuana um, store or, oh. or, you know, facility to sort of help, help, peop- help people mellow out and all that sort of stuff. But he's pushing far, far away from this Iron Mike persona because it's the thing that made him, you know, there was so, I can't tell you how many African-Americans, especially in the hip-hop generation, that just loved Iron Mike. You know, they're like, wow, I want to knock guys out just like Mike does. I want to intimidate guys just like Mike does. But the very thing that made him, you know, that iconic figure was also the thing that led to his downfall, the arrests and his yeah. dealing with women. See, I was... Uh, I, I took your question a little bit differently. I mean, that's yeah. a good point you make, Reg, about, you know, Mike Tyson and, you mm-hmm. know, once he was so mighty and now he is so humble. But yeah. I'm trying to think of someone who's always been like that. I, I mm-hmm. think of I think of Jimmy Carter. Uh, that's who came to You know, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, served in every capacity. Yeah. You know, um Still in his he, 90s, lifting hammers to those right. houses. Still, still now. He's an incredible guy, li- yeah. You know, lives in a little house, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. modest house, um, and and believes that, you know, that simple mm-hmm. life is is probably the one that sustained him. Yeah. In, in you know, beyond being, you know, president mm-hmm. or anything else. Mm-hmm. He yeah. feels like He feels like this, this simple service to, you know, to 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 humanity is is the, is the most precious thing around. Yeah, you know, and the most valuable thing that's kept kept him going. Yeah, and happy and joyful, even like in, he's in his nineties. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and he still builds houses. Yeah, yeah. He's no, he's he's an amazing example. I think he's I saw a picture of uh, the other day. Speaking of presidents, of uh, I mean, not to I'm not, I never was a Bush fan, but he's delivering pizzas to furloughed workers. You know, I, like, I didn't see oh, that. W- yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah going, to, going to their door, going like, hey man, you know, I, I can do something. It's interesting you how know? the older people get, the more humble they get as well. Well, start, sure, I think you start to value things. A yeah, well, you're, you don't if hold you, your ego so tightly. Well, yeah. You, yeah, you start to see like how degrading everything is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, your body goes, your mind goes, your friends go, your family goes, and you're, you're like sitting around. I'm sure by the end of it, if you're around, going like. What's left that's valuable? Yeah. Oh, this, this, this other thing, people. this spirituality, this yeah. other people, this, you know, something beyond me. Yeah. You know? I'm struck with what you said, Craig, earlier about how you had to be humble by being humiliated. And I think a lot of guys go through that where you have to sort of hit a wall or you have to have an event happen to sort of humble you, to sort of break you down. I know I've been that way. You know, there was a time where I felt, well, my intelligence will, you know, make me superior over anyone else. Like I'll be smarter than anyone else Mm -hmm. and i was a bit of a blowhard and i had to sort of you know back down from that and of course you know having you know let's say a relationship falters because i thought that i was bringing something to the table that was valuable and then they realized no the woman doesn't you know realize that like i'm finding out in dating the things that a man feels will validate himself to a woman hey i'm a real man you want me right and all of a sudden, the woman's like, uh, no, not really. <laughs> You're trying to push me away. <laughs> yeah. And a man's like, what? Because we have to look in the mirror mm. and really put ourselves. And another challenge that you gave us, Deb, is what are the three things that we need to think about when it comes to humility? What are the yeah. things that we need to put into our lives? And yeah. one How is. How do we walk in humility? Yeah, exactly. 
putting ourselves in another person's shoes. Uh-huh. That's what you came up with as number one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's it's it's very very relevant. Um, you know, especially when it comes to men dealing with women, put yourself in their high heel shoes. You know, Norman and I talk all the time about the fact that as a man, when I walk to a car or when I walk down the street, I don't have to worry about you know being whistled or catcalled. Or needing my keys immediately so that I can get in so we that I hold don't get our, harassed. We're taught to hold our keys in our hand. Yeah. So that we can stab people if they try to hurt us. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. You know, Craig, you and I, we weren't raised that way. No, we were raised to take certain things for granted, especially me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a, I keep telling Reg I'm a middle-aged white guy now, and I'm really trying hard not to complain about things. <laughs> yeah. Because... I don't want to be another one of those. We got yeah. too many of them. <laughs> but especially me. I mean, yeah. I, I was taught I could walk down the street with my hands in my pockets. Now, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, nobody that. nobody had to talk to me yeah. and tell me, oh, no. you, you People might think you have you, a weapon. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that, even if it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, there's certain things, especially me, like, I, I have I – have, taken for granted so for me to say i've been humbled mm-hmm. um i've been humbled to the best of 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 society's capabilities in certain ways but if i were a different color if i were a, a different gender if i was a different sexual persuasion mm-hmm. i bet you i could be humbled a little bit more i bet you i could be humbled a lot more yeah uh humiliated i mean mm-hmm. and understand like and when when we read this verse, going mm-hmm. back to the verse, course, and we yeah. see Simon Peter going, "What the hell? I'm not gonna what? You know, I I, can't I should be, be washing your feet. I can't be says, doing this." Yeah. And he's going like, "No, no, no! You need to. No matter how difficult it is to conceive, you need to see what it's like to you know not be top dog, to not be the guy in charge because." <laughs> Because yeah. and, he, and then he goes on about the betrayal afterwards, but I think the essential story is like, you know, what he's trying to get through to these guys' heads is like, I'm not going to be around, and you're going to assume a certain authority spiritually. People are going to look up to you, and you need to drop back down. Well, you know, Jesus you know? only had what three years for his <laughs> whole ministry. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, he was alive for a long time, but he really his ministry was about three years of his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and this is Holy Thursday, so. He's hours away from being crucified. Yeah, wow. And and he's trying to show them as quickly as possible the key to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And and, even, and when Peter's balking, you know, Jesus says, you're, "You you don't understand it now, but you will." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you will fig- you will understand. You mm-hmm. call me teacher and Lord, and that's great. <laughs> but hey, listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really kind of wild to put it in that context too. Because things are complicated in Jesus' life right now. He just had the, you know, the, he just had the, like, confrontation with with the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he prayed, please, God, don't let this cut pass. Don't let it be me. Yeah. Like, you know, he, yeah. he, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm a person. This hurts. It terrifies me. You know, there's going to be pain. Uh, maybe I'm not the right person for this. And, you know, this is all complicated stuff. Imagine Christ putting his ego aside. Yeah, I well, mean, and that's what he's doing. And that's literally, what he's, literally that's doing in this what scene. He's doing. Yeah. So nobody said it's easy. No, no one said it's easy. It's complicated for guys. It's complicated for individuals like me. Mm-hmm. And, and and 
you and, know, and yeah. solving these problems. I, I, you know, I'm sure the psychiatric institute is doing mm-hmm. their best, but man. <laughs> you know. So Jesus yeah. is walking in a servant's shoes. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's interesting about this Bible verse, because only maybe a couple of minutes later, he's arrested. He's betrayed by Judas. And Peter, I believe it's Peter, because we talked about this, he takes a sword and he cuts the, Peter. I guess there's a soldier, the ear off. Uh-huh. And I get, I get the sense that Jesus is like, wow, do, why do I have to retell? Why do I have to reteach these things? I thought that the disciples were at a level yeah. where I didn't have to go through this <laughs> over again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even I'm sure he's shocked. I mean, so verse, so John 13, I'm going to go to uh, verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Mm-hmm. Eight. Uh, P- uh, no, says Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. So he gets it. Does he get it there? Well, I think it goes from one extreme to the other. First, yeah. he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you're too powerful. You should not be washing my feet. Yeah. And then he goes almost overly, I think, egotistical. Well, gee, if you're going to wash my feet, wash everything. You oh. know. Yeah, but I'm gonna, I mean, it, that's my interpretation. He's, oh, yeah, he's saying, if you're going to cleanse me, cl- cleanse all my sins. Right, exactly. Not just my the ones that are localized. And, of course, Jesus answers, those, you, those who have had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. And, of course, he's alluding to Judas, wow. who's going to betray him. Or, or anyone who doesn't even start entering the faith. I think, I think that's a message about faith. Yeah. You know? You, you know, you have the faith to know that your whole body is clean. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have to believe that yourself. Yeah. But that doesn't stop you from. You have to let yourself be washed. <laughs> that doesn't stop you from. Which takes humility. Yeah. yeah. To say, I need to be washed. I need to be clean. I am dirty. What were the other two things that you wanted to share with our readers about how to walk in humility? Oh, okay. So I mentioned the first thing. Yeah. Step in another person's shoes. Another one, say you're sorry. You know. If you have, and Norman and I have talked about this as being men, um, sometimes we have, not knowing one thing or another, have been, you know, uh, bad or or whatever to women. I mean, if you, like, when, uh, like, I'm thinking about Louis C.K., and Louis C.K. is trying to get back into comedy, uh, despite the fact that, you know, he was masturbating in front of uh, women. He was, you know, and he thought it was funny. And I guess he had done it, you know, a long time. And now, you know, he, you he know, thought they enjoyed whatever. it. Yeah, which is, which is <laughs> very, very crazy. And all you have to do, and also think about the, the steroid crisis. And one thing that Mark McGuire did when he, among others, were caught in the steroid crisis, just get on the mic and say, listen, I did it. I'm sorry. This was how I was taught. This is what I thought would get me ahead in life. And I realize I'm wrong. And I'm sorry. And that's, I think it's a crucial step to humility. Just admit that you've been wrong. And all of us have been wrong. Taking accountability. Taking accountability. Yeah. That's a good one. So that's number two. Uh, How about you guys? No. I thought there was a third one. (laughs) Was, uh, yeah, I know there's a third one. Um, Serving. uh, Yeah, serving others. Which is, of course, you know, just Jesus' rule. You know, like uh, he says, listen, among all commandments, if you don't remember any of the other commandments, remember this. Love me as you know love love your god and love your neighbor yeah when i think about that definition about uh where where did the words um about 
recognition of your own skills, a modest ap- appreciation of your own mm-hmm. skills. And, and this serving others is, you know, as you have witnessed, is something that I do try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I have a small skill, yeah, like overreading someone's resume and reorganizing for them, and it takes sure. me a short period of time to do, mm-hmm. then I freely give that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it takes me five minutes to make, to start the coffee pot, and you love coffee, yeah. and I don't drink it, I still start it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's not. Yeah. Oh, you noble person. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, sir, sir, I feel like serving others is your fastest path to humility. And, and I mean, also, that's what Jesus' whole, like, for me, mm-hmm. that's Je- the praise of Jesus is loving yeah. each loving one another yeah and craig you know you you have definitely served you know like family and friends yeah, absolutely well i don't want to stop um it's a it's something that i could just like immediately fold up the tents and say okay i'm go- I'm, I'm gone i'm doing a new gig or whatever or mm-hmm. i gotta take care of myself right now or mm-hmm. whatever i mean one of the one of the constant things that I'm finding, as far as understanding humility, mm-hmm. and I am, uh, you know, yeah. and it's, even as life goes on right now, um, I'm having to learn how to forgive, even while sh- stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like stuff is happening, and, and because I have to be, I have to be in a position where, you know. You know, people need me, mm-hmm. and if I've got a chip on my shoulder, or if I'm pissed off, even if it's justified and focused, and have every right, mm-hmm. you know, to you know have bad feelings or anger feelings or whatever. Yeah, not hold grudges. I need to. I need to dig in and learn how to forgive. And one of the ways I do that is is you know trying to simplify things mm-hmm. spiritually. You know, loving God and loving my neighbors. You know, it sounds simple. It is simple, but it you know, it takes it takes practice. So that's one of the things I'd put up there as far as like ways to be humble. Learn how to forgive. Seek forgiveness and seek forgiveness from God and others mm-hmm. and people you've hurt, but also don't wait around for people to say I'm sorry. You yeah. said saying I'm sorry is a really good thing. And yes it is. But oftentimes you will wait wait around going like, you know, this person really should be kissing my butt right now. They owe me a big apology. And you you can't wait around for that. You got to start to forgive immediately. Mm-hmm. Really, for mm-hmm. your own for your own benefit. I mean for your own spiritual healing. You know, not just theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to like be an example. Yeah. Or try to be an example, but mm-hmm. you know. You know, you've got to you've just got to put that out there. And that's hard. That's that's being vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. holding grudges. You're absolutely right. Uh, if someone has wronged me, I don't focus so much on the people who have wronged me. I've often said that 80% of the people who have wronged me, they didn't really mean it. They're sort of in their own little world. And they have, they'd have no – it's almost like if someone bumps you, you know, if you're on a train or something like that. They didn't do it intentionally. I doubt it. They just did it because they're so focused on what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. that – I guess you're, you're, you're just part of it or, you know, you're, you're sort of in the way. Um, I mean, I think about intent all the time. Did someone really intend to hurt me? That sort of stuff. Exactly. And I don't worry about That's that. That's why I love this idea of the foot washing, the whole image of it. Yeah. That it's an action. You know, that it's not – and, and, you know, it's an action that's kind of 
simple, easy to understand. There's nothing complicated mm-hmm. or, or mystical about it. It's yeah. something that, you know, is a normal routine. And yeah. yet, you know, the the existential and profound question that, you know, Simon Peter asks is like, you don't deserve this. This is what you deserve. And I deserve to be this kind of person. Sure. You deserve to be that kind of person. Yeah. And, you know, all this. And, and then Christ is like, you know, it's not about deserving. It's saying, no, that's yeah. not even that's not even what this is about. Yeah. This is about me doing to you mm-hmm. and you doing to me. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. Go ahead. Jack. So the the phrase that comes to mind when you're talking about that is love and action, a willingness to serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I keep thinking about these, you know, these thirteen men in this room having their Passover meal or preparing to have their Passover meal. And when Jesus starts to strip down his outer garments and and appears in the clothing of a servant, kneels down and takes his own clothes to use as a towel. When the first he does that to the first guy, why didn't any of the rest of them go? Let me do that. that yeah, yeah, well, that's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know why. There, I mean, there's some like it. Ta- he washes eleven men's feet before somebody <laughs> says. <laughs> Wait, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's weird. One, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is a, that's, that yeah. is weird. Well, okay, so what's the backstory there? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know I'm either. so perplexed by, by it. You know, it's interesting uh, when we have to think about the effect that we have on others. Um, when I think about me helping, serving someone, mm-hmm. the, the impact that it has on someone's life, especially someone who doesn't expect, like, wow, you're helping me out. You know, are you getting something in return? Is there a quid pro quo? Do I owe you something? And it's like, no, I'm just giving something to you. When I think about the, the American Psychiatric Association and the women who have complained about, let's say, sexual harassment or whatever, think about the impact you have on someone when you act out of pride. When you act out of manliness, when you belittle or degrade someone, even if you don't mean to do it, it's just you, they're just like a byproduct of you heading somewhere and someone's in your way. You can have a, a serious impact on someone either in a positive way or a negative way. Mm-hmm. Someone may be going to counseling because of what you said to them or did to them. But if you're humble, you can have a positive impact. We talked about, you know, like our good friend um, who – needed our help and you know you were there for them uh, Craig and that person's living you know a much better life because you into their life and you know same thing with you Deb you know like someone needed a place to stay and you let them stay but we've even talked about how it doesn't have to be a major uh, that's right it doesn't have to be action. a major thing it just be a smaller thing like yeah. just advice listening to someone or even a smile on a train when somebody is sure. really having an awful day yeah or a hug you know a something hug. like or that or I'm sorry or an sure. I'm sorry sure sure but we need to think about the impact because I know a lot of times, especially being a guy, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm in this world all alone. It's, it's just me against the world. There's a lot of that, that feeling. And it's like, well, what I say doesn't matter or, you know, what I do doesn't have an impact on anyone. No one really cares about what I do. And it's not true. We really need each other. Like I think about the protests. Uh, we were talking about, I think, over uh, breakfast, the Women's March. And I think someone had said that, oh, does it really have an impact? Does it really mean anything? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, well, a lot of this. Craig had said that that they're making a difference, and I was like, "Really?" As a woman who's marched, I'm not sure we're making that much of a difference. Right. It all depends on I've, what 
I find it. No, I, I'm know, glad you do. I find but, it, yeah. I find but I don't see laws changing. No, right. I don't necessarily see no, men mm-hmm. being less egotistical. Yeah. I, I mean, there are instances where that's happening, but sure. it, I'm not seeing a lot of change. Yeah, because a lo- <laughs> I think a lot of it is, it's almost like a war of the mind. It's, it's like a spiritual war. Can you change someone's ability to think differently? It takes and generations. It takes generations, and maybe it takes more marches and, and, and what have you. Well, I've just gone through, I mean, in my life and witnessing ever since, like, I don't even people remember Phil Donahue, the very first. I remember Phil Donahue, yeah. the, 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 you know, the very first kind of, like, male feminist, yeah. you know, self-proclaimed male feminist, and just how everybody thought, like, oh, what a joke, and this is just a phase. And, and then when kind of, like, you know. It seemed like it was, you know, for many, many years. I'm, I'm glad to see this momentum. I want to encourage this momentum because I don't want it to be a face. And I want to believe that in my lifetime it won't be, that we will yeah. see equality. Yeah. You know. I, I, and breathe the same air and have the yeah. same values I, and have the same yeah. hopes and, and aspirations and, 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 and opportunities. Yeah. You know. Well, here's the thing, like, as we talk about this subject is – generations of male oppression <laughs> cannot be changed in a 10, ten year span. Or, or, yeah, th- yeah. Three, <laughs> or three marches a year. Or three marches a year. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you guys are all like, whoa, the Me Too movement, women, and I'm like, this stuff has been happening to us for generations. I'm, I'm yeah. the same with you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I see it boiling up and then cooling down yeah. and boiling up and then cooling up. And we I were talking you. about Jim Crow and uh, that's right. You know, and, and just the 80 oh, years. The 80 um, years. Yeah, before, right? Yeah. Before, before something went like, hey, what? what? Yeah. How about and this? still, mm-hmm. the society isn't completely there yet. No. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I imagine, just as you, you know, like, you've gone to a bunch of women's marches and you're like, gee, is anything changing? I imagine a black person during the March on Washington would have said the same thing. Oh, my God, here's another march. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's almost like chopping a redwood tree. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, am I making any progress? All yeah. of a sudden, boom. Yeah. I mean, I remember phrases, and they all they seem really like you've come a long way, baby. Mm. I don't know if people the know cigarette, that. The cigarette, Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims. My yeah. mom's favorite oh, yeah? cigarette uh. <laughs> before and she quit. Like, 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 that's really a long way. But I guess, it, I guess back then, to women, it was. Sure. But, but it's laughable now because, yeah. you know, there's so much more. There's so much farther to go. Yeah, it feels like I would. I would and that's what I'm hearing from you, Deb. There's yeah. so much farther. There, there is. To go. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. even just last night watching this BBC show called Banished, mm-hmm. which is about the Australian penal colonies, mm. and women mm. are given to soldiers as their whores. Ooh, like that's that, what they do. Was that Botany Bay? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Ooh wow. Our country's good. Yeah, <laughs> but it takes. I mean, Ouch. we have. A, our podcast is called You Gotta Have Faith, and so it's easy to not have faith. To not <laughs> Sorry. Have faith. Sorry to bring it down. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was feeling pessimistic. <laughs> it's understandable, and that's why I say you have an impact. I mean, you know, let's say if a man says, hey, baby, or, you know, it has these, you know, whatever. You have, you have an impact on how people, I mean, I'm sure a man says that or whistles at a woman. He's thinking, well, I'm giving her a compliment. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe you're... Doing, you're reinforcing, you know, your image of her on you. So I, I invite folk who who listen to this to be more humble. You know, I was thinking our image of Jesus Christ physically from the paintings and all that stuff 
is sort of a thinly man with long hair and a scraggly beard. I imagine if he were to walk the, the face of the earth right now, we would think he's a homeless guy. I always thought that was weird because he's a carpenter. Like, yeah, I would figure Doesn't he have muscles because yeah. he's a carpenter? I <laughs> think he was supposed to be a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he became a... Yeah. A renegade preacher. Wow. Well, I'm sure that Joseph yeah. made him learn carpentry. Until <laughs> yeah. he was like, okay, I, yeah. I guess you got something else going on. Yeah. And I always wonder what parents teach their boys because boys become men who, you know, will either be a positive impact or a negative impact. You can either be a Donald Trump or a Barack Obama, who I think is also a very humble individual. Yeah. And tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, 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 yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> And had as his teacher his wife Michelle Obama. Do we teach our children like who who knows? Because they go to daycare now. Many of them don't go to church. Yeah, where are they learning their morality? Very that hey, that's a great great question. And you know, for those who are listening, I'd love we'd love to hear some impact, some feedback. But our image of the man. Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, full of muscles and all that sort of stuff? Is it um, Clint Eastwood, is the chiseled, you know, guy with a cigarette in his, you know, in his, you know, whatever? Is it the hip-hop <laughs> cigarette in his mouth? Is it the hip-hop, you know, goofy man like P. Diddy and Kanye West and all that stuff? I think I would like men to be more like Jamie Frazier from Outlander. He's He, he is strong and capable. He, he can hunt. He can build things. Mm-hmm. But he's also emotionally available and ah, smart. See? There you go. <laughs> Great. The impossible man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's a work of fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would probably say, uh, do I know people like that? Yeah, I do. Um, my friend Shabir, you know, he he's a very humble man and, and he shoots arrows and he leads a fight for people um, to protect people against counterfeit drugs. Oh, right on. You so know, and, and Adam, who is a fireman and extremely smart and um, humble, and he saves people's lives every day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And well, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, and I think about my dad. You know, uh, my dad had to, you know, in the from a black perspective, especially black if you were black growing up in the 70s, your image of a man really was like, um, I think about, uh, Muhammad Ali, who, uh-huh. you know, was very vocal. He was a boxer, but, you know, he spoke out, you know, about, you know, the, the you know, the basically being a strong black man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can vocalize my opinions and not have to worry about bowing my head and saying yes or no, sir, or whatever. Yeah. But also being humble to the woman because, you know, they say if you oppress, white man oppresses the black man, the black man then oppresses the black woman. And that is something that needs to change because I think that's something that's still out there now. Mm. So think about the impact that you have. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. If you have to say, I'm sorry, say, I'm sorry and serve. Yeah. And I think about Martin Luther King Jr. You know, on Monday it will be uh, we're celebrating his birthday. He I listened this morning to uh, his sermon on the drum major and he talked about humility. He talked about the need to put away your ego and to serve. Uh, he spoke about, it was based on the Bible verse where, I believe it was um, John and, um, I forget who the other, um, basically there are two apostles who wanted to sit on the right and left hand side of God. And Jesus says, well, you don't know what you're talking about. 
but if you want to, you know, sit on the right hand, left hand, you have to serve. And Martin Luther King talked about being the drum major. And if you're going to be a drum major, if you want to, you know, don't be egotistical drum major just in front of the band, um, you know, celebrating your own, you know, self-worth. Your own, your own, your own sound. Your own yeah, exactly. Music. Be a drum major for peace, mm-hmm. for equality, for something bigger than yourself. And um, I don't know if we're closing up now, but after we give our prayer, then I'll play the th- last three minutes of the drum major. And, uh, and MLK Day, which is celebrated on Monday, is mm-hmm. generally a day of service. Absolutely. That's so absolutely right. So people volunteer right. Um, to work at nonprofits or they go on marches. I mean, there, there are a lot of service opportunities for you in your area tomorrow um, if you want to donate your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally would agree with that. I wish, uh, I wish uh, Dr. Reverend Catherine were were still alive mm-hmm. because I know that she'd be preaching tomorrow. Oh, and she would probably mm-hmm. be preaching. You know, a powerful black woman. I yeah, she'd heard. probably be preaching mm-hmm. uh, from from Martin Luther King Jr. and Dr. King's uh, words. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I, pr- I could pretty much guarantee it. If yeah. you if you yeah. haven't had a chance to visit Atlanta and visit the MLK Center. Um, do so. It's, absolutely. It's absolutely eye-opening. Yeah. 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 Who wants to close us out in prayer? May I? Yes. Sure. Well, dear Lord, once again, you've led us through a particular minefield of doubt and worry and reflection. And and through the darkness, we have turned around and have seen the light of your word. With the blessed company of uh, these people here and all the people listening and all good people, uh, help us keep following that light and looking towards you and the warmth and love that you have given us so that we can give it to ourselves and to our fellow man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. I'm going to give you our blurb and then I'm going to play uh, the last three minutes of the drum major uh, s- sermon by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe it all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or Twitter, Snapchat. Um, I'm at um, Reg Space Clay and Deb's at DL Carragher. Um, and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app on iTunes or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, go on store, go on to the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith. You'll find us. If you're an Android user, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and you will find us. Thank you for listening. God bless everyone, and have a wonderful three-day weekend. And here is Dr. Martin Luther King, the drum major speech.
We're done.